All right, y'all. It's another episode of the Music Impulse. It's your boy Smiles. I got a special co-host, my man Tim Yoga D Stoner. Yo yo. I got my guest Lil D from 97.9 to B. What's poppin'? And y'all already know how we started off. We're gonna go to a song. Here go my man Quelo, aka my little cuz, with I Be On. Every since I knew that I could get it gone Hustle hard, baby, that's the type of shit that I be on I still make hits Then settle down But if I want to I can fuck your bitch Then caught the same Wop a thousand times Trying to get rich And it ain't all good And it ain't all bad Just gotta keep the tunnel vision Hustle hard These niggas hate to see that I took them L's to the chin And told myself That I'ma be right back Either you eat or get ate Cause every time I caught a case I came back in tip top shape A hard body No never told on nobody Tryna stack more big cans Than Bebo Lottie Coming straight up out the trench Paid in full since a young boy Cause I be all about the money so street smart, I beat the odds Gotta walk with that glass eye, I call them Cyclops Tryna chase an Aries since I knew that I could get it gone Hustle hard, baby, that's the type of shit that I be on the type of shit that I be on Keep all of that broke shit from around me Cause I get them gone Tell the chase and every since I knew that I could get it gone Hustle hard baby That's the type of shit that I be on The type of shit that I be on Keep all of that broke shit from around me Cause I get them gone Just a thought from coming where a nigga came from Seen the moon a million times Hustle till the sun come up The life I wanna live it came with the finer things My dream was make a mill off the bricks I was like 17 This was going for the 650 straight Went for the street Man, free ghetto ain't forgot my nigga had it biting Just like an early bird, I only came for some bread These niggas out here pump faking, they don't do what they said All, all talk, little nigga, and I don't wanna hear nothing Cause bitch, I been a boss like all my life I turn nothing to something Turned them devs to hundred bites Turned that dyke bitch back in the niggas when she see how I boss It ain't my fault you can't get off, and I got all the sauce It ain't my fault that when I win, you gotta take that loss These whole niggas, no hustle, boy, I know that well Cause I been known that get it off what up y'all it's your boy smiles and we back i'm here with my man yoga d stoner aka papa tim What's good, bro? Just chilling, just chilling. Have fun at the birthday party yesterday. Yeah, happy second birthday to the little man Omari. Yes, sir, and he enjoyed himself. Yeah, it was very fun. I like I like the bounce house. That was fun. When he when it came time for him to go to sleep, he got in my arms. He looked at me for like three seconds and he was out. <laughs> like today was a good day, Dad. All right, good night. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, but we got a special guest, uh, my friend, mentor. Person I look up to, little D. How you doing? Oh, that's so sweet. I'm good, man. You know, I'm exhausted, but I can't complain at all because it could be worse. Nobody could care about me at all. So I'm good. 
I know you've been on like a, a whirlwind journey with this book tour. Yeah, I just literally just got back from Shreveport um, in enough time to fix my face and come here. And then I'm flying to Ohio Wednesday. All right. All right. Yeah. Busy, busy, busy. How, how, how has been, all this been like between working and promoting the book and all that? Um, I haven't gotten much sleep at all. Literally at all. I don't think I've slept. But other than that, the reception's been crazy. Like it's, it's almost like I'm live. I'm looking at myself live. Like I'm looking at myself do all this stuff because it's like, nah, like you're not really signing books and like people came <laughs> to like see you. Like what? Like people telling me like I I just wrote the whole thing. I couldn't put it down. Like huh? I mean I know I wrote it and I'd be writing, but like really? So it's it's like overwhelmingly humbling to know that people really care that much and they want to support me. It's a great feeling. That's good. I was like, cause uh, I was telling uh, Tim, I was like, I read the book prior in like two, two and a half days and between working both of my jobs, I was like, it was quicker. I was like, yo, I was like, it'll be easy. It's 75 pages. It's 88, <laughs> but you know, it's cool. <laughs> 88? Mm-hmm. Don't you count play the me on my pages. You count <laughs> it's 88, 88 pages. pages. Yeah, you okay. got to count the beginning. I put oh. my heart and soul into them 88 pages. Don't play my pages. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it was 88 pages. I was like, either way, it was it was a quick read. I was like, yo, this is way quicker and, and much easier than I thought. Well, thank you. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the book. You know, I laughed. I cried. It made me think about my own personal journey and my, my struggle, my hustle. You know, there was a couple of weeks where I had $20. That's all I had to go on for the week. Or next two weeks, and I had to use that twenty dollars. So I used to go buy, you know, spaghetti and spaghetti oh, yeah. sauce. Mm-hmm. And you had the pasta. Mm-hmm. Stressed that, like, like I said, like a good two weeks. It took me back. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, Thank so you. What made you want to uh, write this book? Honestly, I didn't. I thought I was going to turn it into a Hollywood production at some point. Um, and I got to Columbus, Ohio, which is where I went after Cleveland, and my homegirl wrote a book, and okay. she was like. I was just telling her a little bit of what I've been through, and she was like, you should really write a book. And I was like, mm. And she was like, you will help so many people. And people kept saying that to me, like, you don't look like what you've been through, and you will help so many people. And something about you telling me I'll help people, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And so at first, you know, I lollygagged and put little notes in my phone. But finally, she every day she would be on me. You start writing yet? Did you start yet? Did you start yet? Did you start yet? So shout out to my girl Haviland, because if she didn't push me out, there would be no book. Yeah. Shout out to her. Which, side note, kind of for people that don't know, uh, when I first moved here, uh, when I went to go work uh, at the country station for uh, 995 The Wolf 963 KSCS, when I first got hired, I hit up Lil D and was like, yo, I got hired, I got hired here, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to take the job. Mm-hmm. And she was like, radio sucks, but if you love it, you take the job, and if you didn't really want it, you wouldn't apply it in the first place. Period, Pooh. And I was, and I was like, "Damn, <laughs> she has a point. I wouldn't apply it if I really didn't want to take the job in the first place." That is some good advice. Yeah. So uh, I like to tell everybody, like, yeah, you're the reason that I even got my oh. first, I guess, quote unquote, radio job. I'll take out the quote unquote, but thank you. Yeah. See? Oh, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, because I, I remember first meeting you back in Bowling Green, Ohio. Man. Turn up, yeah. Ohio. Yeah, we did the. Uh, we had uh, Wally did one of our homecomings, and we had like we wanted to have like a opening act, and Lil D was one of the judges for choosing our, our opening act. That's what's up. Man. I don't remember that at all. Uh, cause I was... I met you through cause Arch knew you cause that was when he interned at the that station. Was so many blunts ago. <laughs> um, 
I mean, I remember him. He's still in Cleveland doing good. But, yeah, I don't remember that at all. Ooh, I smoked a lot. That was before I was homeless, though. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I was like, because after that, uh, I got I interned at the station, but you had, you had already gone by then. Mm-hmm. See, and, and then now, you know, about reading the book, and I was, like, I was like, oh, I didn't know she was fired and all this. I was mm-hmm. like, hmm. I was like, because that's what I was looking forward to. I'm like, oh, I was like, I know little D gonna be at the station and all yeah. that. Yeah, bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> I was somewhere collecting an unemployment check. <laughs> but um, just just to be funny, I was like, I I, I did like uh, you, you put like subtle shots at <laughs> former coworkers. Oh, I sure <laughs> did. Oh, uh, well, subtle, not so subtle shots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I didn't like him. Nah, we <laughs> he hated on me. He laughed at me on stage. He did. <laughs> he was, did. I was like, man, I was like, that is a rough, <laughs> like, like, why are you laughing at your coworker like on stage in front of everybody? And- I I didn't get it back then, but now that I look back on it, he was insecure. Like, I'm not arrogant at all, but at the end of the day, I'm really good at my job, and I think people who are insecure and not so good at their job see that. So I'm 22. He was almost 40 at the time. Legit, I think he was 35. And you looking at me like I'm young, I'm female, and I'm better than you. So let me do everything I can to tear you down. Yeah, this is crazy. This is like, which basically proves that you went from what Columbus to Dallas, and that's probably what, like at least 10, 15 spots up on the. 37 to 5, so yeah, 32 30, spots. 30, 30, 32 spots yeah. in, in the rankings. <laughs> oh, nice. And where, where is he at now? Not in radio. See? <laughs> that part. Perfect example. It was mm-hmm. like, you worked your ass off, you, you proved your talent, and the way you jumped 32 spots. <laughs> Everybody in radio who ever hated on me isn't doing radio anymore. See? So, yeah, your bad. Yep. <laughs> so you proved to everybody else. Um, I guess with writing the book, was it hard to be, like, this open and vulnerable about the things that you've gone through? No, um, only because I've been talking about it for so long. You know, I, I run an organization, and I talk to them openly. When I speak to students or whoever, I don't have a problem sharing my life. The more you talk about it, the less power the oppressor has on you. Not only that, but when you're at a place where mentally you're okay talking about it, you can help other people who aren't at that place yet. So it wasn't it wasn't hard being open and vulnerable. There were some chapters where I definitely cried through them. Even in the thank you section, writing that thank you to my grandma made me cry. She passed in 2015 and I'm not over it yet, you know? Yeah. So like that made me cry. And talking about my assault, I wrote that chapter at my mama's house in my old bedroom on purpose. So I could be there mentally, and whew, that one was a very rough chapter to write. Yeah, because I was like, when I read that, like, with your, your your uncle, yeah. yeah, your uncle, I was just like, I was like, wow, like the fact that you were just able to just write about that, like that's something that, that was a lot rough. of people like will keep in for like years and might not even tell. That was very, about. very, very rough, but you know, I, I needed to because you know what, my mama read it, and it's her son, right? Because yeah. you know, my mom's my grandma. She read it, and then she told me she was assaulted last night. Oh, she told you this last night? Mind you, she's like 60-something. She just told me. Wow. So when you're at a place where you can talk about it, it's going to help other people get that pain out of them. Yeah. So I guess, uh, how did your, like, family react to, like, the book so far? Um, One of my aunts, she said she read the whole thing, couldn't put it. Two of them actually said they read the whole thing, couldn't put it down, and they loved it. And I was like, yay. Now, my mom, she she said she was skimming through it, just looking for, like, chapter names and whatever, and happened to stop somewhere in the middle. She stopped right on my assault. <clears throat> of course she did. Wow. And she said she couldn't stop reading. 
I was like, but start at the beginning, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, she said that it was a, it was. She was like, you can write. I'll give you that. And I'm like, thank you. But um, she said she couldn't put it down. So I think it's gonna hurt her a little bit. But when she gets to the end, she'll be okay. That's good. Like, cause you, that's your your real mom. Cause I know she was at the event, right? Yeah. So my birth mother came to the event. Yeah. She was like, listen, I ain't even gonna lie to you. I'm waiting on an audio book. Cause you know I'm lazy. <laughs> I ain't gonna read, read, but. <laughs> So at some point she'll actually hear the book when I finish recording the audio book. Yeah. But my mom who raised me, she's gonna read it, I guess, and she'll be okay. She's gotta get to the end. All right. Something I wanna know. What did your friends have to say? You know, the ones that were helping you through the book, but they didn't know your exact circumstances. Oh, they were pissed. Um, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you tell us? Mm-hmm. Why would you not we would have done more if we knew? So they were all mad. <laughs> So when they did read it and they did understand what you were going through, how did that affect the relationship? Were you guys able to have a deeper understanding of one another? Or did some people, were they legitimately mad that they, like, I can't believe you don't trust me to... There were people who aren't really, like, my close friends who are selfish. They're still mad. I can't believe you didn't say anything to me. Like, this ain't about you, ho. Yeah. But, um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my friends who are really close with me, who actually know me and understand me on a deeper level, they get it. Mm-hmm. When mentally you're not at a place where you feel like people will help you, you're not going to ask for help. Right. And sometimes what you know doesn't match how you feel. And if you feel like no one's going to help you in your mind, that's what the truth is. And mm-hmm. they get that. Yeah. Right. So honestly, we're just we're just closer. Yeah, because uh, reading that, that was actually, that would probably be me in that sense. Where I was like, I probably wouldn't call <laughs> anyone like oh yeah everything's fine everything's good because mm-hmm. <laughs> just me and my attitude like nope i don't want you to know that like i'm sitting there struggling and, and i know i could probably go somewhere and sleep on someone's couch or whatever and for me i didn't want anyone to be sad when they couldn't help like i had two cats who house was i going to you know he lived with his girlfriend he lived with his girlfriend she lived with her parents so i, I mentally went through everyone like where am i gonna say i had so i couldn't like stay with anyone but I got evicted from my house in Toledo. My rent was $300. That's literally it. My car note is more than that right now. I could have got $300. I could have asked six or seven people for like 50. I could have got $300. But that's how much I believed in my head that nobody would help me. $300. That's the thing that stood out most about the book to me is that it wasn't really about, you know, overcoming anything outside of yourself, it was overcoming the mindset that I'm doing this for my dream. Yep. You know, everything that I'm going through is to put me closer to where I want to be. Yeah. And that was very, you know, inspiring to read. Thank you. Mm. It's, I just can't live my life working at a call center and that's it. If that's what you want to do, that's cool, but that's not for me. I can't live my life and not try, not even attempt to go for what I actually want. And there was no way in hell I came all the way to Ohio, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Ohio, it gets very cold up there from <laughs> Listen. Yeah. And two, you have my dad, who's like the biggest Cowboys hater <laughs> in the world there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot, forgot your dad lives in Ohio, too. Man. Yeah. Where? In Cleveland. Yeah, I'm, Cle- I'm yeah. going to Cleveland Wednesday. I used to work at Z1079 mm-hmm. while I was homeless. Yeah, he's the Cleveland OG. He ran all the streets out there. Why are you snitching on your daddy, Takashi? <laughs> Takashi. 
I didn't say what he did. I just said he ran the street. I mean, you uh. said enough, dang. You, ooh. Mm. Mm. Um, I guess, um, what, what's some, I guess some, some lessons you've learned from, from like writing this book or like just getting this all out? Anything you've learned about yourself? I learned that happiness comes from within and not your circumstances. I wrote a great majority of that book while I was in Columbus where I went after Cleveland and psh, I was still broke. Um, <laughs> in Columbus, they cut my salary like seven months after I got there. And so I was the night jock from seven to midnight. And then I was teaching at the broadcast school during the day. Uh, oh. I did not sleep. And I had two jobs and was still broke. They wouldn't give me any kind of endorsements, no uh, extra appearances, nothing. So I'm writing this book about how I was homeless and I was broke as I'm broke. like what is happening but my mindset was different when you go through something like that and um when i was in the the motel i launched my website and it was like the happiest day ever and i remember that yeah yeah, i'm jumping on the bed happy like i'm like texting everybody happy like oh my god and it hit me like wait you happy you smiling right now in here, with these, with the, the drug addicts next door and the prostitute outside and no food and the half-working AC in July, you happy. <laughs> and I, something in me, like, dinged. Like, if you can be happy in here just because of that, you can be happy anywhere. Huh. And, like, something just went off. Like, happiness doesn't have anything to do with where you are. Your happiness is inside of you. If I didn't learn anything else from that experience, I definitely learned that. And also that no one can hurt you like you can hurt yourself. Like, obviously, I am I have no food. I'm either sleeping in my car or this motel. It might be Wednesday, and I'm not going to eat till Friday. And instead of saying to myself, like, listen, it's going to be okay. You know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You're going to make it. You're going to be good. I'm telling myself, why are you here? you 25. Your friend's buying houses. They make having kids. They got careers. And you came up here for radio, and now you look where you are. Why are you even, what was your point? I hurt myself more than anyone because I was so negative and so mean to myself. And when you you feed that into yourself, you don't do anything to make your situation worse. Mm -hmm. Them days are going to pass by regardless. It's up to you how you spend them. Mm -hmm. It costs nothing to believe in yourself. Period. Mm -hmm. And you'd be amazed how your life changes the moment you start believing in yourself. I've, I've kind of definitely learned, been learning that this year. Yeah, he can <laughs> being, being, being happy with myself and like, like with me, like my, uh, like my body and like life and career and all that. It's like I'm definitely learning that. Like being happy with yourself, a lot of things have changed around in my life mm-hmm. this year. <laughs> People who aren't there don't believe you, but mm-hmm. it is the it is the undying truth. When I was in Columbus, I remember it was uh, right before it was right after Thanksgiving. And I was, like, just randomly dancing to, like, Michael Jackson in my apartment or something. And here came that little voice, like, what, what you so happy about? You broke. You working two jobs, da-da-da. And I remember saying, shut up. Can I, I don't need a reason to be happy. <laughs> and, like, I'd be talking to myself and I'd be answering myself. But it was that day I was like, you know what? You're going to wake up every day and you're going to be positive about it. That was in November. I got hired to work in Dallas in May. So, how, how long were you in Columbus before you? you uh, three, the whole years. Dallas, three, three years. Three years. Uh-huh. What was the process? I guess from from uh, I guess getting the Dallas job, or how did you hear about it, or all that? Uh, shout out to Vita Loco because I was done even looking for Radio One jobs. I've been with Radio One since Cleveland, 
and Columbus is also Radio One. I work for Radio One now. But in Ohio, I wasn't getting opportunities, and they'll tell you in their own way, you need to soften your image, which means straighten your hair and put on more makeup. Oh, wow. Um, I would get looked over for things because I wasn't sleeping with my boss or just different opportunities. Colorism, I think, is worse in the North. Um, they hate uh, people have told me I look like a slave, you navy hit, all kinds of stupid stuff. So I wasn't getting ahead and I was like, you know what, I'm done with this company. Like I don't even care. And so randomly I follow Vita Loco on Instagram mm-hmm. and I DM'd her and I was like, Listen, I remember when you were in Shreveport, I used to listen to you and now you in Dallas, like that's so cool to me. I really look up to you. And she was like, Oh, thanks. You know we're looking for a midday job. I literally had no idea because I was done looking for Radio One. Oh, wow. If I wouldn't have just slid in her DMs, I literally wouldn't know. Just trying to tell her, like, yo, I looked up to you. <laughs> yeah. Vita, had, Vita didn't even know me. She didn't owe me nothing. See, and Josh, you know what you got to do? You got to slide in them DMs. Period. <laughs> Shoot them emails. Because I emailed her boss, you know, not mine yet, and he didn't email me back. So I said, oh, okay, that's cool. So I mailed him something. Put it all on a flash drive. My headshot, my resume, my air check, everything on a flash drive. Uh, emailed it to, uh, mailed it to him. And then he emailed me, hey, you sound great. Da-da-da-da-da. Thank you. <sighs> so then I sent him an edible arrangement. I was like, thanks for listening to my stuff. That was really sweet. Enjoy some sweets on me. Mm-hmm. And he emailed me again like, thank you so much for the fruit. You better be picking this game up, Josh. I mm-hmm. need to see you right now. Because this is free. I could charge for it. And when he flew me out for the interview, I gave him a scrapbook. Every page was different things I'd done with the station or my organization. And the last page was blank. And it said, reserved for what we'll do together in Dallas. What? Mm. Man, so that's some player type stuff right there. Because uh, uh, when I talked to Tim earlier, uh, he was talking about how he was reading the book, and he was like, yeah. He's like, her sending all those emails. He was like, Josh, he's like, you need to send the same amount of emails. He's like, even if you guys send 100, 200 emails. He's like, if that's where you, where are you trying to go? He's like, you need to do that. Take some game from her. And I was telling him how uh, the uh, other person that I got the book for, and I was like, I was like, yeah, she told me uh, – She's playing chess, not checkers. He was like, "See, he was like, she's Period. he was like, she's dropping gems on you." He was like, "You need to take, you need to take them and and, and um, use them." All of that, even when I was unemployed in Toledo, trying to get a job, I sent my air check literally to seventy-two program directors, and the one who ran Cleveland is the only one who emailed me back. Out of seventy-two, wrong with that at all. And so every Sunday, I made sure he had something, like clockwork. I mean, I ain't had no job. I didn't have nothing else to do. But <laughs> every Sunday, that man had an email for me until he asked me to audition. And he created a position for me. It didn't exist. He created a position for me to be on air and for me to get 29 hours a week. Yeah. And then I know you said uh, he also helped you get a, uh, somebody oh, doing social yeah. media. Yeah, for Villa. Shout out to Villa. Um, he's from Philly, and that's where Villa is headquartered. And so he... He got me to interview with them to be their social media coordinator. And so I implemented new ideas uh, to help brand them, different um, uh, social media contests that they ran. And I worked for them for about a year and a half. And that's, listen, I was living in Cleveland. My apartment was a closet, but I had money because I had no business. $4.50 a month with all utilities paid. Like, I stacked so much bread in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Shout out to that closet. <laughs> Shout out to that closet. And, Shout and out Tim, to the bag. And, and then Tim mentioned that too earlier. He was like, "Yo, he was like, if you gotta, you know, live now with less to have more later." He was like, "You might have to do that." No, no, for real. I fixed my credit in Cleveland. I saved money in Cleveland. I saved for a car. I was able to fly my little sister out to come see me. She had never been on a plane. Wow. My birth mother too. 
uh, helped my family out. Like, listen, it was a closet, but I had the bread and I was able to use it to help people. So it was amazing. Yeah, dope. Um, I guess what's the next one? Uh, the idea behind the chapter. I like how they were all song. To, how how that come about? It was so random. Those chapters had like real names at first, and I was like, I was on randomly on my Apple Music, like, you know what? I'm gonna create a playlist for my book. What songs go with each thing? And I was like, you should name the chapters these. It was just the most random, and then it just happened. Yeah, because because so. uh, <laughs> uh, as I was uh, reading, I was like, I like how like the song titles actually go with what like the chapters were about. So Thank I like, you. I was, like, I was like, oh, this is real dope and real creative. Thank I like, you. I like that. I feel like it made sense because you know I do radio. Let's put some music in there. Of course. Uh, also, I guess going on. Um, our guy, Charlamagne the guy. How, how'd you meet him and, and all that and getting him to write the, the forward? I met him on Twitter. Um, I was unemployed in Toledo. I want to say it was 2010. It was the first day the Wendy Williams TV show came on. Okay. I literally tweeted, and I was like, I don't care what nobody say. Wendy Williams and Charlamagne are two of the best to ever do it. He hit me back and said, thanks. I, and then he followed me, and I was like, <gasps> oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And so I DM'd him and asked him if I could send him my air check. He said, yeah, I did. He critiqued it. Then he sent me his, as if he wasn't Charlemagne. <laughs> and we, I DM'd him again about something, and he was like, you must not have my number. And we've been cool ever since. Wow. That's amazing. So I asked him to write the forward, and I was like, you know, I look up to him. He's a mentor. He'd be, like, answering my questions. But is he going to write this forward? I don't know. And he texted me back and was like, I got you when you need it. <laughs> and that was that. Yeah, that's dope. Like, and then I was like, I know I saw you post the the clip. I was like, he even shouted the book out on Breakfast Club. <clears throat> yeah, that was pretty loud. I was, I was like, I was like, that's dope. It was like, just like little stuff like that. That's why I tell people like, yo, Charlemagne is like a guy I look up to. I was like, all the actioners that people like get on him. I was like, yo, y'all think about like the past, Charlemagne. I was like, mm -hmm. y'all think about how he is. And I was like, one, I was like, he looks out for so many people, especially mm -hmm. black women. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was like, he looks out for so many people. I was like, he's giving game to people. I was like. I don't get why people hate him. I was like, y'all think about the past stuff. I was like, he's grown. He's open, been open about like, yo, yes, I was a little wild. I was, I was crazy, but he's like, I'm always gonna be honest. He's like, and I love supporting people. And so. he, he plays Charlemagne very well, but at the end of the day, he's a whole ass person. Yeah. And he's really one of the nicest people I've ever known. He helped me get my job in Cleveland. He was a reference on my resume and my PD. Well, you know, before he was my PD, he was like, you know, Charlemagne for real. And I was like, yeah. So he's like, if I call him, what is he going to say about you? He's going to tell you I'm dope. And he hit him in front of me. Oh, man. I was like, oh, thank God I wasn't lying. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> she, she said, please answer. Oh, oh, oh. He texts back and said, Lil who's, D is who's, dope. Who's, who's Lil D? Man, like Lil, Lil D. I don't know Lil D. Who's that girl? But he hit him back and said, Lil D, dope. Well, shout out to Charlamagne for being the real one. Straight yeah. up. Yeah, that's like. Dang, that mic died. That thing on, I can hear. Oh, oh we good? Okay. But yeah, um, I guess um, what's up? Any other things that kind of have driven you uh, through like all these different hardships you've had throughout your your life and everything? Something inside of me knows that I'm meant to be really great, and so even when I go through things, it's it's that thing in the pit of my stomach that's like, do you know how dope you're gonna be? Like, do you know how big you're gonna be? You know how amazing you're gonna be? You're gonna be the one. You are going to be the one who's nationally known, who is making six figures, who doesn't want for anything and gives back to everyone. You're chosen. That's going to be you. So 
at this point, it doesn't matter what anybody says or what anybody does. I already know. Yeah. And I've always known. Yeah, I, I remember you said uh, at your event, you said how... Uh, uh, you sit. You say like a little quote to yourself every day in the, in the, in the mirror. Whatever she is. No said. negative thoughts formed against me shall prosper. Period. Poo. Daily affirmation. Every day. Man. The first thing I do when I wake up, I don't look at my phone. I don't. I sit up in the bed and I meditate every day. Somewhere between five and ten minutes. You got to. And like it's very specific. It's not like you know something I googled. It'll be stuff like you're gonna have a good day today. You're gonna kill this interview. Like things that are specific to my life because nobody else is going to do it. So let me feed this to myself because what you feed grows. Mm -hmm. Something that he's definitely called me multiple times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You better quit bullshitting. I know. I caught a um, glimpse of one of her tattoos on her forearm, Miss Ahamza. I had sure. Look at you. You're smart. Nobody knows what this is. (laughs) Oh, I have that one on my calf. See, we right here. I'm telling you, man. I had called him when I was halfway through the book because I'm like, man, she gave me you the, the blueprint right here. All you got to do is follow it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Def- definitely did. Um, I got a question uh-huh. for you. Go ahead. I don't, under- I don't know how you were able to maintain being a vegan and being broke. Uh, not vegan, but vegetarian and being broke because I got to the point when you ate the sausage oh my God. and what happened. That was literally the oh, worst yeah. day ever. When I only had that dollar and had to eat that sausage biscuit. <sighs> Every <laughs> bite just tasted like disappointment. Like, I'm really eating pork. Not to mention, I ain't had it in like two years. I and know. I'm about to. <sighs> oh, every time I think about it, I just, oh my God. That was a. And then just to have to go to the bathroom and poop it out. So now I'm hungry again. It was like, come on, bro. <laughs> like, I, I wasted that dollar. I could have used that on something else. Um, I think I was at all, like, I think I was only able to maintain being vegetarian is because I was at that truck stop motel. Mm -hmm. And so they had that buffet across the street. So I would just get a bunch of stuff and get it to go. All the vegetables, all the broccoli, all the spaghetti that didn't have beef in it, um, rolls, green beans, mac and cheese. And I would just stuff as much as I could on that to go container. And I ate a lot a peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, I was like, every other page was like, <laughs> spread, spread oh, that peanut butter on that sandwich. A <laughs> lot of peanut I have not had a PB&J since 2011. <laughs> Man, I know you don't miss it either. Just I don't like, even have bread in my house. <laughs> I don't even keep bread in my house. <laughs> you can't find you. a loaf of bread or peanut butter and jelly in my refrigerator at she, all. She said she avoid the uh, the aisle with a peanut butter and jelly <laughs> at when she goes shopping. Like one day, I need to like talk to my therapist and really like eat a sandwich. I'm just not, I just not today. No, not yet. Doing so doing a, a session, she brings it out like yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like listen, it's time, okay? <laughs> You're in a better place now. Eat the sandwich. Eat, eat the sandwich. But I just not today. Not Something yet. else that stood out to me in the book was um, your ex, Alex. No, I'm bad with names. Andre. Andre. Yeah, I knew it started with an A. So, it was pretty clear to me that you wanted companionship. Yeah. But I also got the feeling that you didn't have that many people that understood what you wanted for yourself in a way to not tr- to talk you out of why you were doing what you were doing for yourself. So, what I'm asking you is, uh, do you look back at that and do you miss that gap of not having anybody there? Like, was it worth it? You really read the book and got it. 
Wow. And the fact that I gave it to him yesterday, too. <laughs> he, he did it. He did I read it today. Like, yeah. you you really got it. Most people didn't get it on this level. Yeah. Um, I'm like, he, he was mentioned, like, there was somebody there, but having them there and choosing not to be with them, that's a lot of strength. Like, that was saying, no matter what, I'm I'm going to where I'm going to go. Yeah. No, I don't regret it at all. Um, I've always kind of been that person where this is my goal. I can stay with you and marry you and go work at, go be a manager at Foot Locker, and that's just going to be our life and raise our kids and be cool, or I can go for what I want. Right. I'm In my family, nobody's ever, like, chased their dreams. Like, you know, my mom's a teacher, and that's cool, but she didn't want to teach. She taught because she got pregnant, she got married, and that was just, let me go to college, get this degree, and be a teacher. Cool. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, my dad had felonies, so he was a maintenance person and did what he had to do for his family, and that's cool, but I don't know what he really wanted. Right. So I don't know what it's like to be in a family where everybody, like, went for what they wanted. I'm not that girl. I've never been that girl. So you're not going to stop me on this path because my life is meant for more than just, you know, let's be together, let's get married, and I'm going to go work somewhere, and that's it, and we're going to pay these bills. And cool. I need, when I have kids, I want them to look at me and be like, man, my mom really did what she loved. I can do what I love. Because you feel you are a whole different person when you're living the life that you want to live. You are. You're you happy. You have that enthusiasm that, you know, people are happy just to look at you and be like, he's happy with his life. Yep. You know? So like it, it was definitely lonely. I mean, without ugh, it was, it was painfully lonely. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, I didn't tell many people, so right. I couldn't really talk to anybody about what I was going through. So it's, it did suck. You want companionship. You want someone to be strong for you sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I would do it again, and I don't know if I do it again. <laughs> but that's <laughs> asking a lot. But <laughs> I don't regret not being with someone over doing what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the moment where you knew that you broke that barrier? Like you were, the energy was changing for what you want. You began to manifest everything that you were working for. Do you remember when you got that feeling that this is what I was working for? In the book or in life? In life. Yep. Um, <laughs> it was the day the book came out. Really? October wow. 10th. Um, up until then, everybody's like, how does it feel? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I need a nap. I'm kind of sleepy. <laughs> and I never took time to just bask in it and really just, like, you know, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And the day the book came out, um, Channel A came and interviewed me. And I'm at the radio station. I brought my big retractable banner with me because I'm extra. Mm-hmm. And uh, after she left, I remember standing there on air and looking back at my banner, and I started to cry. And I was like, you wrote a book. You are the midday jock in market number five. You pay your car note on time. You're not worried about your bills. Your family's proud of you. I'm proud of you, self. And it really all just hit me. This is what I slept in my car for. That's what's up. I can relate to <laughs> yeah. that. Like, I can. And that's, like, one of the most amazing things about the book is just it's you literally just sitting there talking, not that you told your story to somebody and they typed it, you know, the way that they wanted it to be written. It's written by somebody that went and had these experiences. Yeah. You get to feel, you know, the excitement, the pain, the disappointment. It was real. Like, I've, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank yeah. you. I, was like, I, don't, I don't know because I know you, but I was like, I, visual, I could visualize, like, 
everything you were going through. <laughs> like I can imagine like your two cats. Out, but in my head, I, I don't know what color they are, but I was like, in my head, it was like a gray cat and a black cat in my head. But <laughs> but I was like, I could literally like visualize you like in the motel and all that. And I'm like, damn, it was like people shooting outside. I'm like, I feel like it's probably like two white guys that look like real grungy, like shooting up heroin or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I basically, I just love how visual it was. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that's That was definitely one of my goals. Man, when yeah. I got to the port with uh, the manager at the store and Frito Lay. Mm. Oh, that made me mad. A, free, a strike on Frito Lay. No more, <laughs> no more Fritos for nobody. <laughs> I, I was like, if, I, if I'm a little D, I was like, I would go back and be like, listen here, look, look at where I'm at now. Yeah, he really fired me for nothing. Like all because the manager was on whatever he was on that day. I think I needed that to happen though because I wasn't even really looking for apartments in Cleveland. I was just like, well, I work here during the week and I go to Cleveland on the weekends and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until he fired me that really lit a fire under me like, yo, you got to get out of Toledo. You literally have no reason to be here now. Yeah. Let's go, Tom. You need to find something in Cleveland. Let's go. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know how it guy. ended up being the creepy white dude that you say with. That yeah, he played me for the okie doke. She said I wasn't arresting him. He was standing there like what? Like, when he was in there butt naked. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he, he like you have your own restroom. Why are you in my restroom butt naked? Butt naked, finna take a shower, but with no towel and no clothes. Yeah, okay. He was about to die. Um, I'm telling you, God know what he be doing because I do not play them games. I have been raped, and you will not. There will not be another time you'll die if it's me or you. Period. And that's why I slept with that knife under my pillow, and that pistol was not far. He was going to die that day. Um, I'm real glad I didn't tell him I was moving out. I'm glad I just planned it. Like, listen, we're going to get up early. Let's get this U-Haul and get up out of here. We ain't got to tell him nothing. I already pay him his rent. Like, whatever. Let's go. And you in my bathroom. Oh, man, it, it cracked me up when you said that he texted you, like, what did he do wrong? Uh, like, yeah. It's something he can do to fix it. <laughs> I walked into the restroom and you were butt naked. That's what you did wrong. But his house was nasty. I mean, I really thought this was going to be like the move. Like, we made it to Cleveland. Let's go. You finally here. Okay. Just to come to this. And I mean, you know, he played me from the beginning. Because at first, you know, he said uh, oh, yeah, he had a girlfriend. He was moved, yeah, he was going to live with her and just wanted to rent the house. I get there. Well, me and my girlfriend broke up. So I guess we're going to be roommates. Huh? <laughs> and you know, it's crazy. My editor told me that's not even legal. I had no idea. But she was like, no, you signed a lease that said A, B, and C. He can't do that. He'd have to find somewhere else to stay. I had no idea. I was just like, oh, dang, I'm stuck in here now. I wish I would have known, because I'd have been like, hey, bro, you got to bounce. I don't care what. What you and your girlfriend? Okay, I better get back together. Go get her some flowers. Go get you some. Want me to shout her out on air? Okay, like, y'all better work that out. Um, I guess, uh. Is there any difference between uh, Contessa Porter and Lil D, or Ooh, is it the same? Yeah. Oh, the same person. Oh, no. Lil D's in me, but I like to be at home watching documentaries and eating funyuns, uh, minding my business and doing a bunch of nothing. Put my phone on airplane mode and <laughs> relax. Lil D has to be the life of the party at all times. Period. Um, just never in a bad mood. She have a, a comeback for everything. And I guess that's kind of me, too. That's really true. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess what the, the main difference would be that Lil D is a character. So I cramp sometimes. You know, I miss my grandma sometimes. I am sad sometimes. Lil D's never sad. She don't never cramp. She don't never miss her grandma. Like I remember like, when you said uh, the one day, you was like, yeah, I'm hungry. I have nothing to eat. But 
I still got to deliver it to these fans, and they, they don't care. I still want to hear these top ten songs that you about yep. to play. I, I want to know what contest y'all got going on, and you like. They don't care that I'm like mm -mm. have like five dollars in my pocket <laughs> right now. Listeners care about nothing. Like I remember having it was it was like some change. Like literally it was like thirty seven, thirty eight cents or something. And I'm hungry. I couldn't even get the gum out of the vending machine. But it's nine o'clock, so I'm on air. And so it's time to be little D, meaning I have not a care in the world. Cause a listener doesn't go, I wonder if Lil D's having a bad day. Let me tune in. The listener goes, oh, my day is going so bad. Lil D better say something funny. Let me tune in. So that's the difference. I'm a servant of the people. That's facts. And Contessa is just, you know, the people. Yeah. So I get to go through all the emotions, and I make sure to separate them. I feel Have like when jocks become their own air persona, they lose themselves, and I want to slap them. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> understand that. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had um, a fan moment that caught you off? guard just while you're out and about yes it was i don't take myself seriously so <laughs> like <laughs> i remember um it wasn't even out it was instagram this girl uh dm me on instagram and she was like listen before i come at you and ask you for advice and this is and that I, I i'm a broadcast student and i want to do radio but is it okay if i ask you for advice and usually people just come right out with it. So I was like, oh, shoot, okay. So I hit her back, and I was like, oh, thank you for asking. Girl, I like you already, you know, whatever, whatever. And she was so genuinely shocked that I DM'd her back. Just that I DM'd her back. Mm -hmm. Like, I ain't Oprah, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, girl, you, it's okay. <laughs> and she was, like, legitimately in shock the first, like, few messages. I'm like, it's, I promise it's okay. I be forgetting that people think I'm famous. It's, it's it's crazy. It definitely is just to think that you can be that big in somebody else's mind. Mm -hmm. That somebody thinks that highly of you. It's a responsibility. Mm -hmm. You you shouldn't abuse it. This is true. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Oh, I guess kind of kind of going to uh, a little bit off of that. Uh, your your you go girl program. How that come about and what's that? How's that going? So I was sitting in Cleveland and everybody had like a thing. Cleveland wants to be New York really bad. And so they function like they're a big city. They don't want to be considered like country, Ohio, like, nah, we got stuff going on. We popping, whatever, whatever, whatever. And so I was like, well, what can I do? I want to do a thing. What's my thing? And the only thing I ever cared about was like helping people. So I wanted to help girls. I remember specifically people's parents would be like, you know, my daughter has natural hair. And she really looks up to you. And that was not popping in like 2011, 2012. People were not out here with these two strand twists. So I was like, I'm going to help girls. And I remember talking to a jock there named Sam Silk. And I was like, Sam, oh, yeah. I'm part-time on air. And, you know, I ain't, like, popular. And I don't have a bunch of Instagram followers. How am I going to do a thing? And he stopped me. And he was like, why are you defeating yourself before you even start? That day I went home and wrote down some stuff and came over. you go, girl. The, at girl, the acronym is uh, for grinding in real life, where the mission is to help good girls become great women. And so we do a bunch of things throughout the year to help accomplish that. I'm actually getting ready for 12 Days of Christmas, the sixth annual. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because I remember, I think it's, it's like I've seen mm. you took, like, a girl to the dentist because she wanted to be, uh, she wanted yep. to be a dentist. Yeah. I've seen you do one where a girl, uh, she wanted to be, like, a fashion person. You did you did that. Yeah. yeah. 12 Days of Christmas is my favorite thing I do. Will you go, girl? Um, we pick 12 girls and we match them with a woman in their desired career field and they get to live their dreams for a day by 
actively participating. Like last year, I had a girl who wanted to be an engineer, and we got to go to Microsoft. And you're seeing people who look like you. So I don't care where you – and that girl specifically was from Oak Cliff. And I want people to realize this is not some dream. Put this on a to-do list because, look, there's somebody just like you doing it right now. Mm-hmm. Like, we were in Irving. Well, you know what I'm saying? We didn't have to go to, like, Oklahoma or somewhere. We're 30 minutes from your house right here at Microsoft, and she works here. You can do that, too. Mm-hmm. And it's cool for me because, you know, it was Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, She's oh, like, shoot, this, this is perfect lit. me, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, this is lit. I'm in Microsoft. Okay. So it's, it's really dope, and I'm really excited. I use I lose a lot of sleep. I don't sleep until January. I'm actually getting ready to start like uh, soliciting for people Monday or Tuesday. It's exhausting. It's tiring. I cry. I cuss. I be stressed, and then it's always all work. What's your favorite form of caffeine? <laughs> Chai tea latte with <laughs> almond milk from Starbucks. Actually, sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's everything. Gotta gonna, get that grande sometime. We're gonna start <laughs> that move to get it called the little D. I know. We need to, because it was the Oprah chai tea latte. I could be Oprah. I'm yeah, you Oprah. could. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Mm-hmm. You're more fun. I like your energy more. Thank I you. can relate. Mm-hmm. And you can pay the taxes on the car when you, that you give us. Okay, then. <laughs> 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 you get a car. You get a car. Mm-hmm. But you have to pay the taxes on it. Mm-hmm. All <laughs> of them. Price is right. Mm-hmm. You sure you want this hundred thousand dollars? If you ain't gonna get this, ch- I be telling people like, no, just take the just take the three thousand. You could probably pay the taxes on that. Yep. I don't want to win a grand prize. I don't need to showcase showdown. Just give me yeah. about two thousand dollars. You know what I'm talking about? Let me hand you this like six hundred. Give my money. Thank you. She's smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey Tim, did you know that uh, Lil D also used to be a rapper? Oh God. yes, I did. She oh, won. Louisiana, she won a rap contest. That's how she got into doing on their personality. Yeah, because I found out from Bowling Green. Because uh, I remember you were mm-hmm. on one of the projects that, I don't know if you remember, uh, Will Wicks. Mm-hmm. Dub, yep. I was like, I remember you were on one of his projects. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, That's a good guy. You know he works for Tesla out in California now. We're going to freestyle wow. in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah, him and his wife and their kids, they, he, he works for Tesla. Oh, good for <laughs> him. Wow. Okay, okay. Yeah, they just moved out there a few months ago. That's <laughs> good. That's what's up. He was always a really good guy, him and his wife. Shout yep. out to him. Because that's where I interned at. <laughs> yep, interned in the studio where I did my song. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a, yeah, that was a <laughs> smash right there. <laughs> Are y'all be y'all down the freestyle in the parking lot after we record? What's up? I'm I'm good. I'm all right. Oh nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm be the only one. Mm-hmm. Just rapping by my lungs. By yourself. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, lucky I'm fired. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Gotta believe in yourself. Oh, Josh. You fire. You, you, you fire. You fire on with that fire. That's right. Okay. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, Get on up then. Uh. I guess another question I, I thought was cool from going to your event. Uh, how'd you and Nina from K104 become friends? You know what? This is the this market is so different. Um, it's the first market I've lived in where, like, obviously when you're competition on air, when you're on air, my job is to kill you. I care nothing about you. But even off air, y'all not like hanging out and being friends. See that, that that's what made because yeah. I because I started the event. I was like, it's Nina, but she with K104. She is. Dean is with Nina hit me up before I even moved here. Literally, when I announced on Instagram that I got the job, she found me, followed me, and DM'd me. She's from Lafayette, and I'm from Shreveport. And she was like, yo, um, you know, I, I live here. Welcome to Dallas. I'm from Lafayette. We some Louisiana girls. And she took me to Jambalaya last year. 
And that was our first, like, outing, and she made sure she introduced me to everybody, and she just has been genuine since I've known her. Just genuine. Oh, that's great. So she's that's my whole friend. I love her. That's my boo. But, yeah, like, she reached out to me, and I was like, but you you work over there. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's be friends. And See, that's what I thought friends. when I went to your friend. I was like, hold on, wait. <laughs> She yeah, for a competition. She sure yeah. did. She and then was just right seen, there in the front. Yeah, I was like, then I've seen plenty of pictures of y'all together. Like since then, I was like, oh, they like real friends, friends. Yeah, <laughs> that's my home girl, man. Like I love Nina. She's she's genuine, and I love that she's she's genuine. So shout out to Nina. Yeah. Um, you got any uh, goals for next year, or plan on writing more books or anything? Yeah, so it's a three part series. Um. I won't tell you the other two titles, but they're all about my life, and they'll all be route to, and then a subtitle. Okay. Um, as far as goals, they're the same as they've been for the last maybe five years. I'm gonna be on a syndicated morning show, have a building for my nonprofit, and um, a Chuck Taylor endorsement. All right, I like that. So you gonna sleep? In 2020, or that's just not going to uh, happen? I mean, so here's the thing. People always be like, sleep when you die. And I be like, you're going to die if you don't sleep. So I find a way to take a nap. Okay. I get my naps in. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a nap when I leave here. There you go. No, that's right. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Because you've been on the road and hustling. And yeah, like, I'm tired. Like, I literally had my book signing in Shreveport yesterday. Um, I left and came, went home, unpacked, put on some makeup, and came here. I need to prep for my show. Unpack my stuff. Tuesday, I'm going to be on the news at 7 in the morning, go do my air shift, got a doctor's appointment. Then I need to pack for Cleveland. I'm leaving. My flight leaves at like 7.30 in the morning on Wednesday. I'm going to be in Cleveland and Columbus. I come back on Saturday. Then I'm on air from 5 to 8 p.m. But you better believe when I get off work, I'm asleep. <laughs> I said, I'm tired just from listening to how your week is going to be. It's a lot. When's the last time you took a vacation? I went to New York to give Charlemagne the first book. And that was the first real vacation I ever took. Like, you know, I would fly home with family, but as far as a let's get an Airbnb, let's go do touristy stuff, let's go like eat food. And mm -hmm. first vacation ever was in August, wow. September. It was whenever it was, it was somewhere between there. Yeah, I was like, this, like, I just listened to it, I was like, Sounds like she's never taken a vacation. <laughs> yeah, I was poor. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I flew to New York. I got to go to the studio and give Charlemagne the first book since he wrote the for it. Mm. And it was bomb. I got to see, like, The Breakfast Club. and sh They so lit. I was like, yo, your studio is everything. And he was like, oh, the studio trash. I'm like, what? <laughs> if you think this is trash, <laughs> you're crazy. But, like, Chance the Rapper was there because he was going to be on the show the next day. Oh, okay. And yeah, like it was, it was live, and just like as a as a radio personality, I'm looking at this like, yo, you need to be here. Mm -hmm. Like this is this is real radio. This is what it's supposed to look like. And he introduced me to his PD, and bragged on me to the most powerful black woman in radio. Man, so it was great, and I got to do touristy stuff. <laughs> like uh, we were in, uh, where were we at? Manhattan. But like some part of Manhattan, I didn't forgot. But like our Airbnb was dope, and we got yeah. to like walk everywhere. And I probably lost like three pounds because we did a lot of walking. And I saw a bunch of cool stuff. And I went to this park, and they were having like uh, vendors and stuff there. And like it, I saw Washington Street Bridge, and it was just really cool to actually like be a tourist. Let me just take a bunch of pictures because I'm really not here to work. Yeah. 
It was dope. Like a chance to be Contessa. Yes. <laughs> like I'm not Lil D right now. Like yes. I can just be me. And we ate a bunch of food. I'm gonna be honest. New York pizza is overrated. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> overrated. Give me a Chicago deep dish any day. Period. <laughs> Did you have any more questions, Tim? Anything that you want to? If Contessa could leave the U.S. right now and go anywhere, where would she go? Amsterdam. Cool. <laughs> I like her. Legal mm-hmm. weed, um, free health care, and their their rate for violence is very low. Probably because everybody's high. Yeah. So yeah, I think I go to Amsterdam. I second that. And they're they're much freer and less strict with sexuality. Like it's not frowned upon. Everybody's doing it. You might as well educate people on it so you can have less STDs. Yep. Okay, okay. You got any more questions? Nope. I'm good. I'm good. I was like, I'm, I enjoyed this conversation. It was <laughs> great. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. Thank you again. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you, Tim, Aww. for be, being my co-host. Oh, no problem. Being the, the fastest speed reader. like I'm telling you. <laughs> no, as I like when I first started reading the book, I was like, in the book, in the book, on the first page. Mm-hmm. I started at about 9.30 this morning, and I finished right before we got in the car. Yeah. Thank you. That that means a lot to me. No, that means a lot. Because I like to see, like, see the type of questions he comes with. Like, he has like them in-depth, like, yeah, like you read the book. questions. You read it. I can tell you read I it. I lived the book. I was like, I was going through your life. I was like putting myself in that situation. I was like, man. I would have became friends with them two junkies. So I'm just saying that's me though, because <laughs> they was getting money. They, they were <laughs> like they always had more money than me. Like I ain't never see them not live in the motel, and they had money for whatever they were shooting up. Like, bro, <laughs> teach me your ways. I was like, come on, fam. You like you can drop a fifty outside or something. Oh, like I got mm-hmm. two jobs and I ain't got no money. Like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, like how y'all getting money? I should have been panhandling for a living, giving hand jobs. Actually, or something. I do have a question. Are the cats still alive? They are. They're in my apartment right now, chilling. Cool. They are 10 and Cat 11. And kitten. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They're 10 and 11. Okay. Big chilling. Cool. So I guess we're in the, you use your uh, any social media handles that you want to give off or whatever so people can follow you and follow your journey and where to find the book at and everything. So everything is at Lil D on air, L-I-L-D on air. And the book is on Amazon. You can get the paperback or the Kindle. Um, search Lil D Route 2, but you can also get it from my website, grindinginreallife.com slash book. All right, cool. Can I say anything else to me? Smoke weed every day. Period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, and that was another episode of the Music <laughs> Impulse Podcast. Thanks again to my man Tim. Thanks again to Lil D, and we out. <laughs>